The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military and the other 99 percent of us we owe them online at americanveteranshow.com here's stephan tubbs Welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show. Thank you so much for making us a Sunday habit. And don't forget our new and improved website, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Coming up, well, last weekend we had our annual Memorial Day program. And I hope this past week was poignant and reflective, fun. And I hope you realized if you did have a three-day weekend, not to shame and guilt, but why, in fact, we celebrate Memorial Day and commemorate is more accurate to honor our war dead. In this episode, we do another annual program, and that is a look at D-Day. The anniversary of D-Day, June 6th, 1944, is coming up this week. So we will have a terrific couple of segments on that. First, of course, we could not do this program without our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson at Boson Law, B-O-E-S-E-N Law, BosonLaw.com, fighting on behalf of veterans every single day, specializing right now in cases involving Camp Lejeune veterans, Give them a call. If you know someone that needs an attorney, some representation, if you have issues with the VA, Boson Law, nobody better. 303-999-9999. First, before we get into uh, some negative news, and it's just horrific from this past Memorial Day weekend, at least there are arrests. We'll talk about Marines attacked in Southern California. Congratulations to the more than 900 United States Air Force cadets who are now out The caps have been thrown, the hats uh, down at the Air Force Academy. President Biden, just a couple of days ago, uh, he was, of course, the keynote speaker this year. As we begin to negative news now from KCAL 9 in Southern California, just a horrific, ridiculous, infuriating story. My face still had like blood all over it. It wasn't it wasn't cool at all. Three local Marines are recovering from an attack by a large group of teens in San Clemente. It happened Friday night near the pier. Disturbing video shows two of the Marines taking cover on the ground as they're being repeatedly kicked in the head and upper body. The Orange County Sheriff's Department is working to track down the culprits. This is considered an assault with a deadly weapon because of the amount of suspects that we are investigating. Uh, The weapons that were used were their feet while these victims were on the ground. So regardless if the victims choose prosecution or choose medical attention, the Sheriff's Department is going to investigate this to the fullest and try to determine who the suspects are. One of the Marines says he and two buddies were enjoying time off from Camp Pendleton at one of their favorite spots near the San Clemente Pier when 30 to 40 kids showed up on the beach. This is video from a resident who says he called deputies multiple times about the unruly crowd. According to the injured Marine, the teenagers lit off fireworks, and when debris hit him in the face, he politely asked them to leave. 
and they were lighting off fireworks. They were being belligerent. They were being obnoxious and annoying other people. So we went up to him, told him to stop. And that's when he says the crowd followed them over to the pier and things turned violent. The Lance Corporal thinks he may have a concussion from being beat up and stomped on. There are two city cameras here on the side of Fisherman's Restaurant that may have captured what went on here Friday night. The mayor tells me that the city's IT staff is working right now to get those images to Sheriff's Department investigators. I made a comment during our speech here at the community center where I said, look, this is San Clemente. Marines are always welcome here, always going to be celebrated, always taken care of. And that's why this is so particularly tragic. We told them that we, that we were Marines so they would leave, but they didn't. They just kept going at it. In San Clemente, Michelle Geely, KCAL News. That again from KCAL 9 in Southern California. That from last weekend. Just days later, arrests. San Clemente's Mayor Chris Duncan confirming nine individuals charged in beating of off-duty U.S. Marines. All minors, all San Clemente residents, five face felony assault with a deadly weapon, four face misdemeanor assault. So right now we're going to play for you Jeff Paul's report on the Fox News channel with this breaking news. Nine teens arrested after beating three off-duty Marines. Apparently, these off-duty Marines had asked these individuals, all of them minors, to stop firing off fireworks on the beach over the weekend. Here's Jeff's report. And we spoke with the mayor of San Clemente, and he tells us because the Marines who weren't in uniform were on the ground and were so outnumbered, Whoever is responsible could face felony charges of assault with a deadly weapon. And when you watch the video, which we should warn is extremely violent, it's hard to believe that no one had to go to the hospital. Now, eventually, some bystanders stepped in to stop the beating, but this went on for quite some time and involved up to as many as 40 people. It all started this past Friday when the off-duty Marines were enjoying some beach time. One of the Marines says some of the teens were fighting off fireworks. But when debris hit one of them, the men say they politely asked the group to stop. That's when it appears there was some shoving and then the highly outnumbered Marines were jumped and repeatedly stomped on. Here's how San Clemente Mayor Chris Duncan is reacting. Total disgust um, and shock, really. This isn't something that happens in San Clemente. We're a very safe city. We're a military town. It's especially tragic that we have this attack happening over Memorial Day weekend because we support our troops. We, we especially support our Marines. And uh, we're going to take swift action to make sure this never happens again. Mayor Duncan says they're reviewing the cameras in the area and hope it'll help identify the attackers. He calls this incident a, quote, wake-up call, Trace. Yeah, there is a lot more to be told about this story. We're going to find that out. Jeff, thank you. And Jeff, thank you. Back out live uh, there to his tweet there with this update. Uh, San Clemente's Mayor Chris Duncan confirming nine individuals charged have been charged in beating of the off-duty U.S. Marines. All of the minors, all of them from San Clemente, and five of them face felony assault with a deadly weapon charges. Four of them face misdemeanor assault. We are learning new details tonight about the group of 30 teenagers caught on camera brutally attacking three off-duty Marines last Friday night in San Clemente. Nine teens have been identified and arrested, all of them juveniles. 
The beating happened after the Marines and the teens got into an argument on the San Clemente Pier. One teen then struck a Marine in the back of the head, prompting him to respond. A melee ensued, forcing the two Marines into the fetal position until two adults broke it up. A third Marine was found nearby. Five of the nine juveniles arrested have been charged with felony assault with a deadly weapon. The other four were charged with misdemeanor assault and battery. That report and the one prior from KTLA in Los Angeles and Fox News, respectively. And as we wrap up this first segment, we'll have more on the anniversary of D-Day coming up later in the program. You've heard a lot this past week about the debt ceiling, no doubt. What about, well, its impact on veterans and our U.S. military? It would have significant impact on national security because our economic Security really undermines our national security from paying for 1.3 million uh, of our military members. They could have delayed paychecks. It's, you know, 2.4 military million uh, veterans could end up having uh, their checks delayed and so forth. But it's not just the money aspect of this. It's also uh, really the consequence could be how to operate our military bases. I was a commander of a major Air Force installation. I couldn't imagine trying to lead my uh, my my base and my my aircraft uh, and so forth in a way that I wasn't able to really pay bills at the local level. So it has far-reaching effects here, but it also has far-reaching effects abroad, as General Milley underscored. From News Nation, last week, Lieutenant General Richard Newton, former United States Air Force Assistant Vice Chief of Staff. That wraps up this first segment of the program this Sunday. When we come back... We'll get into D-Day, the anniversary of D-Day, and more clips ahead on D-Day. A couple of them you will not soon forget. If you haven't seen Band of Brothers, we dedicate the rest of this program to our World War II generation and, of course, the invasion that led to the course of human events on this planet changing. Glad you're with us. Stefan Tubbs with you. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stephan Tubbs. Welcome back to our annual D-Day program. We commemorate the invasion of the Normandy beaches every year around this time. Of course, on Tuesday, June 6th, and commemorating and remembering the way that the world started to change during World War II, June 6th, 1944. We'll have more coming up straight ahead. First, though... What an incident recently in international airspace between the United States and China. U.S. Air Force just released new video showing what the Air Force calls an unnecessarily aggressive maneuver by a Chinese military pilot right in front of a U.S. aircraft. CNN's Orrin Lieberman is live for us at the Pentagon. Orrin, tell us what happened. Jake, we're just getting this information from U.S. Indo-Pacific Command. They say a Chinese fighter jet, a J-16, on Friday, intercepted a U.S. spy uh, spy plane in international airspace over the South China Sea. They're calling it an unnecessarily aggressive maneuver as part of the intercept. Take a look here. This is from the cockpit of the U.S. aircraft, an RC-135. That Chinese fighter jet off to the right there as it cuts in front, essentially slices right in front of the U.S. aircraft at fairly close range. And that turbulence there, that is from wake turbulence off the back of that Chinese fighter jet. Again, the U.S. is calling this uh, an aggressive maneuver, saying that it was essentially unsafe and unprofessional. We have seen intercepts like this 
this sort of tension between Chinese fighter jets and U.S. aircraft before. In fact, there was one in December, a different type of Chinese fighter jet, but essentially the same situation. The U.S. said that their fighter jet came within 20 feet in that instance of the same U.S. aircraft, an RC-135 rivet joint. The U.S.'s position is clear here. They insist they will continue to operate in a safe and professional maneuver anywhere essentially that international law allows. And therein lies the dispute. For the U.S., airspace over much of the South China Sea is international airspace over international waters. China, however, claims much of the South China Sea as its own territorial waters and therefore believes that it is the U.S. invading on their territory, a position the U.S. does not recognize. It is, at this point, one in a number of elements or aspects adding tension to the relationship between uh, Beijing and Washington at this point. And we're seeing that play out in a different environment as well, Jake. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in the Indo-Pacific uh, for the Shangri-La dialogue, he was trying to set up a meeting with his Chinese counterpart, China, rejecting that dialogue, Jake. So you see that tension playing out across different aspects of the relationship. What do you see when you look at this? How dangerous is it? Obviously a very unprofessional and dangerous act by what appears to be the J-16 fighter pilot. As soon as I saw this tape, I was reminded of the event back in 2001 we saw a Chinese J-8 fighter aircraft collide with a Navy P-3 aircraft over the South China Sea, so in the same area. The result was the Chinese aircraft was destroyed, the pilot was killed, and we almost lost that entire aircraft full of, uh, of American servicemen and women. Fortunately, they landed in Hanan Island uh, in Chinese territory. Now imagine, that was 20 years ago, imagine that same event happening today with the tensions that we have between our two nations. Very dangerous, and the Chinese need to condemn it. This morning, the Pentagon is reacting to what it calls an aggressive maneuver by a Chinese fighter jet. Take a look. You can actually see it cutting right in front of a U.S. military plane. NBC's Janice Mackey-Frayer joins us now from Beijing. Uh, Good morning, Janice. That jet looked close. It was really close, Hoda. Aggressive is how U.S. officials are describing the maneuver by a Chinese jet in international airspace over the South China Sea. Look at the video of the intercept from the weekend showing the Chinese J-16 jet at the wing of the U.S. surveillance plane, then veering across the sky in a move known as thumping, where an aircraft gets caught in another aircraft's wake and it makes for a lot of turbulence. Now, intercepts are not uncommon. I was on board for one a couple of months ago when the Chinese jet was so close to us, I could actually see the pilots. But the Pentagon says this sort of behavior is unnecessary, and they're warning it could cause an accident. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs says U.S. spy planes in the region are a violation of China's sovereignty, and they'll continue to safeguard it. And Janice, all this is coming as uh, China just declined a request for a high-profile meeting by the United States. So what does that say about the state of relations between our countries? Yeah, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin had wanted to meet China's Minister of National Defense, Li Shangfu, on the sidelines of a security forum in Singapore. China turned him down, said the U.S. lacked sincerity, mainly because Li was sanctioned by the Trump administration back in 2018, and it's never been lifted. But it's also no secret that U.S.-China relations are at a unique low right now. There are no substantive talks on any level on any issue, including defense, since that Chinese balloon was shot down. Several uh, fronts uh, where U.S. officials are trying to push for a high-level reset, but so far, China doesn't seem interested. That report from NBC. We began this segment
segment with a report from CNN, both of those from last week. Here's the latest from ABC News. To new tensions between the U.S. and China after a close encounter in the skies. A Chinese fighter jet was caught on camera buzzing past an American plane coming within 400 feet. Chief Global Affairs anchor Martha Raddatz is tracking the story. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, George. This morning, the Chinese are blaming the U.S. for this encounter over the South China Sea. But take a look at the video. You see the U.S. Air Force pilots in the cockpit of their reconnaissance plane. As a Chinese fighter jet approaches, it then roars past the nose of the U.S. plane, forcing the U.S. pilots to bounce through the turbulence caused by the fighter jet's wake. The Chinese say the U.S. should not be sending reconnaissance planes, but this was in international airspace. George? Time, Martha. Tensions also high over a new North Korean missile launch. Exactly. The North Koreans were attempting to launch their first military reconnaissance satellite, but a U.S. official tells ABC that it failed catastrophically in the first stage and plunged into the sea. The South Koreans now gathering the wreckage from the satellite. When it was launched, there were some alarming alerts issued in South Korea and Japan for evacuations. Those alerts were quickly canceled and there were no injuries. But this is a humiliation for Kim Jong-un, who says he will try again soon. That from last week and ABC News. Before we take our next time out here on the American Veteran Show and more coming up on D-Day, straight ahead for the second half of the program, uh, what was the official White House reaction to the interaction between China and the U.S. aircraft uh, a little more than a, a week ago? This from a joint press conference at the White House in the West Wing. Karine Jean-Pierre welcoming in Pentagon spokesman John Kirby. Well, it was unsafe and it was unprofessional. You, you heard the, the Pentagon uh, speak to that, and you all saw the video for yourselves. You can see that they forced that, uh, that RC-135 to go through the, the jet wash uh, of, the, uh, of the Chinese fighter, which just tells you how close it was, several hundred feet. That's dangerous. And, um, you know, one of the reasons we want to keep the lines of communication open, in fact, one of the reasons why we want to make sure we can get that military-to-military military, military channel back open is so that, you know, we have a way to... To, to talk to the to the Chinese uh, about incidents like this one uh, that could lead to miscalculation and misunderstanding and maybe getting somebody hurt. What is the status of trying to reopen <coughs> those talks, particularly in the wake of um, you know dust up of defense? Right now, un- unfortunately, the the military to military vehicle is just not open to us. It's one of the reasons why Secretary Blinken is so eager to get back over to Beijing. We want to get back to that spirit of Bali. Uh, we want to, are our lines of communication open? And certainly we have used the diplomatic channel to convey our concerns over this particular intercept. Uh, but that's not the same as having mill-to-mill comms and having that available to you, especially when tensions are so high uh, and the risk of miscalculations are also high. Pentagon spokesman from the White House last week, John Kirby. When we come back... Got to do something a little bit different. Look, this is a radio program, not visual. And what we're going to play for you is most certainly one of the most stunning. And dare I say, veterans have told me from World War II that it is incredibly and was incredibly accurate as to how they remembered the invasion of the beaches of Normandy, June 6th, 1944. It was back in 2001. Can you believe this is more than 22 years ago that HBO originally broadcast the epic story of Easy Company, 101st Airborne? That was the Band of Brothers more than 22 years ago. And so coming up in our next segment, what I want to do is take you 
back as best we can to how it was for these extremely young men who were making the invasions. It's going to work. Trust me, but stick around. See if it does. Maybe you don't think it would, but the audio from the incredible images video wise from the band of brothers from 2001 as we pay tribute to the upcoming Tuesday anniversary of the invasion of Normandy and its beaches setting the course to change the world. We'll have that coming up next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. This is the American Veteran Show, online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephan Tubbs. We continue this special D-Day anniversary program, the American Veteran Show. Stephan Tubbs with you. Thank you so much. And I mentioned in our last segment, can you believe it's been more than 22 years since HBO originally broadcast the series Band of Brothers, talking about, of course, the United States Army's 101st Airborne members, along with incredible acting, I think, and incredible special effects, so real Many World War II veterans have told me, in fact, when I was able to go the one time back with our veterans to the beaches of Normandy, they say that's about as realistic as it can possibly get. Of course, a lot of them also say they give a big nod to Steven Spielberg's uh, Saving Private Ryan. Of course, nothing can compare that Hollywood can do to real life. But what I want to do in this segment is play you a couple of segments from the Band of Brothers that originally aired again back in 2001. And this is a lot of audio. There will be some dead air. But try to imagine you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, an old man, and you are about to embark on the Great Crusade. This from HBO's Band of Brothers.
Once again, audio, I realize that there's so much visually to what you just heard and what you will hear in just a few moments. But this from 2001 and the Band of Brothers series on HBO, as we certainly commemorate and give a salute of all salutes to the members of the United States and Canada and Great Britain, the UK, that took part in the D-Day invasion, June 6th, 1944. More from the Band of Brothers. Drop your weapon, Pop. Drop your weapon. Yeah. Uh, Come on. 
One, two, three! Get down, Dick, get down! From HBO's 2001 Band of Brothers. Just amazing. And I hope we were able to take you there through audio, of course, as pretty much as close as you can get, World War II veterans say, to the real thing. Thank you. Thank you. You changed the world. We'll wrap up with another look at D-Day coming up. The great Walter Cronkite with, at the time in 1964, when CBS News returns to the beaches of Normandy, while well, talking with then former president and former allied supreme commander, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Amazing audio coming up next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Now, back to the American Veteran Show. Here's Stephan Tubbs. We wrap up this week's edition of the American Veteran Show, the last couple of segments focusing on the anniversary of D-Day, June 6th, 1944. What happened then and the days and weeks to follow would change the course of human history, leading to Victory in Europe Day or, of course, VE Day. We have done this a couple of times over the years on the program, but I want to take you back. And this is from the legendary Walter Cronkite, and there's some contributions from Dan Rather as well, with CBS News. This from 1964. It originally aired the 20th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. It's called CBS Reports, D-Day plus 20 years. General Eisenhower, after he was president, returning back to the beaches of Normandy. General, this beach at Aramash was, of course, in the center of the British uh, landing area. The British came ashore without very much opposition, didn't they? Well, just in spots. It was not a general opposition uh, along this uh, particular beach, and they uh, got uh, some, uh, put it this way, it wasn't anything like the uh, Omaha Beach. It was a great deal more like the uh, Utah Beach in uh, resistance. But in here, there wasn't a great deal of defense, although the British were very careful not to go in against the town of Aramont because they wanted to use those beaches for this uh, artificial uh, port. They didn't want a lot of wreckage on there. They took it from the land side, you know. But nevertheless, uh, by and large, the British Army with the Canadians was on shore, did very well on uh, D-Day, and although they didn't have all their D-Day objectives, they were well established. And, of course, this gave uh, great confidence that Omaha would soon be solved. Now, the strange thing they did, they had a uh, British division coming on uh, the left, and one on the right, and in the center was the Canadian one. I have never asked them reason why they did that, but it looked uh, odd in uh, the formation. But all of them fought well, and it, they were a very fine outfit. Bobo Dempsey was commanding the uh, British Army and Creer the uh, Canadian. So when the buildup came on, they became the uh, two army commanders in uh, Montgomery's army group. Now, they were supposed to push inland and get to Con D plus one, I believe. Well, on D-Day. They were D-Day. supposed to get it. You see, right just uh, south of Con, 
and over uh, toward Falaise was some very fine open ground, and we wanted to uh, develop our airfield as rapid as we could. Well, they ran into uh, stubborn uh, resistance here in front of Caen. Of course, the Germans saw it. One thing you had to do was to keep that road junction, because through that big road is where everything went up toward the uh, other west. Well, they, uh, they promptly uh, reinforced that rapidly, and for one solid month, the uh, British were stymied there. They couldn't move. Now, we wanted that ground, and we'd had it on our objectives, but it just was one of those things that happened in war, that's all. How about Kerr and, and Dempsey? Uh, they, they had the tough job then of facing these troops on almost a static line here that's through right. that month. That's right. They're, um, they did a very fine job. They kept the morale of their troops up, and they were, they were really two fine soldiers. Did uh, General Montgomery <laughs> go along with this? plan of, oh, yeah. of holding him oh, on yeah. account? Yeah. Were you at the time critical of uh, General Montgomery? I wasn't, uh, I wasn't. Some of you newspaper fellows were. But the fact is <clears throat> that when we saw what is happening from there on, we uh, Montgomery, we had Montgomery keeping up the pressure to keep all of the strength there so that uh, when we realized that finally that the Americans are going to have to make the real breakout of the beachhead, that gave them, uh, gave us less uh, resistance over there than, than over here because he just uh, endangering Canada, uh, Khan, so much they had to come in there. Well, we've had a typical example here today of the kind of changeable weather you faced uh, in Normandy 20 years ago. Now it's clear and the sun's coming yes. out. As a matter of fact, uh, it does all the time. <clears throat> no one can uh, predict weather in uh, Northwest Europe, I'll tell you that. At least uh, I've never known anyone that could. What you're listening to as we wrap up the program this week on our D-Day anniversary, CBS reports D-Day plus 20. This is from 1964 CBS News. Dwight D. Eisenhower, he's passed his presidency looking back two decades earlier when he was the Allied Supreme Commander on the beaches of Normandy with CBS newsman Walter Cronkite. This is the Norman countryside behind the beaches. These hedgerows were an unexpected hazard. And General Eisenhower told a story of GI ingenuity. This attack in this uh, hedgerow country was terrific because here, let's say this field would be 50 yards square. You'd try to take man uh, and uh, sneak along the hedges to get behind the defenders of the next edge. Well, on either side, they'd be flanked by the riflemen. So you just had your tanks to get in there with these light guns, couldn't knock them out, and they could give you the firepower and the infantry could uh, get on, and that's the way we finally broke through. Here's the hedgerow, and it's not really a hedge, it's a bank of earth. And frequently this is four feet thick, five feet thick, and often four feet uh, tall, and the hedge grows right out of that thing. So that uh, your tank, it can go through the hedge all right, but when it does, it bellies up, you see, and his guns are pointing straight into the sky, and uh, so the fellow's anti-tank guns can just uh, go right through that soft underside of the tank and just uh, put you out of action. Now, the problem had uh, bothered us for some weeks. And finally, a little sergeant in an ordnance department, his name was Kulin, and he had an idea. All it was in the world was to took a tank and uh, with welding a bar on there, they welded then uh, a little uh, plows, you might call them snouts. Actually, we found the steel for it down on the beaches where the Germans had uh, made these beach um, uh, obstacles down there. We took that steel, welded a little uh, plows, you might call it. They just cut off this bank as you went into it. This idea very quickly got into the very top echelons, to General Bradley to be specific. 
he looked, uh, took a look at this man's uh, homemade model, and he just went ecstatic. I think for the assault battalions, at least, we had um, two out of every three tanks had these things on. And this thing was really a godsend to us. And um, uh, by the way, Sergeant Kulin uh, later lost a leg in the war and was invalided uh, um, home. Why didn't uh, our intelligence tell us about this hedgerow problem uh, so we could prepare in advance for it? Well, because uh, no one had re ever before really had tried to attack through these hedgerows and uh, no one had thought of it. And remember this, we didn't expect to make a blitz down through these things anyway. Uh, on the left of the whole line, we expected that the British Army would be down in the high ground below, or in the open ground behind Falaise. This would make it easier for us to get down to San Lo, and it was only then we were going to start our wheel to the Seine, to the left, you see. Well, actually, what happened, uh, because of the tremendous defense the Germans put in around Caen, uh, we finally had to start from way back at, uh, at San Lo and swing from there. But then that swinging around uh, movement with just a whole uh, effort to capture the uh, German 7th Army uh, sprung up from the fact that they uh, didn't want to give up that line, so they began to attack right into our hinge. And that gave us a big opportunity. And, and Bradley, I think, uh, probably thought of the idea first and said, let's swing in closer and capture these fellows right here. And we won't have to fight them on the scene. And I say, you go right ahead, that's fine. And as we closed these uh, armies, one on the other, the British on the north and the Americans coming around from the right, the Germans tried to get out. And of course, we brought to bear all of our air, all of our machine gun fire and artillery. And you know, uh, the soldiers began to speak of that as a great killing ground. They, uh, I think the battle ended, as I recall, about August 16th or 17th. And I went in there about two or three days later. And uh, doing all the acres and acres, it was just nothing but dead. And uh, it was the scene was even uh, more terrible because of the fact that Germany were using a great deal of horse-drawn artillery. And whole teams had just have been killed by the same shell burst and just laying flat there with their guns. And honestly, you could have walked a quarter of a mile without ever stepping on ground. It was a horrible scene. And it was the end of the uh, Normandy campaign. From then on, it was exploitation right up to the Rhine, almost, or up to the borders of Germany. Hope you enjoyed that from 1964, as then-CBS News put out an episode called CBS Reports. It was with commercials two hours long, aired in primetime along the network. Walter Cronkite, Dan Rather, and, well, former president at that time in 1964, Dwight D. Eisenhower, who just 20 years earlier had made so many incredible choices as the Allied Supreme Commander. Thank you to our World War II veterans, and that goes without saying. That wraps up this week's edition. For producer Michael Arpaio, Stefan Tubbs wishing you a safe and healthy week ahead. And remember our troops. The American Veterans Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. And join us next week. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks. The most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. 
Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.